Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Ah, we got an NBA news break right as we're starting the recording process. Andrew Wiggins is expected to be back with the Warriors early this coming week, which, you know, as far as regular season goes, that's it. <laughs> Uh, but that's a big deal for the Warriors. They, it's weird to say it, but it's kind of true. Wiggins was sort of their most important player in the playoffs last year. He did everything. What does that mean for the Warriors over the next couple of days? I don't really know. They just lost in Denver to the Nuggets without Nikola Jokic. They've got the Thunder tomorrow, so maybe Wiggins is back for that ball game, and then they've just got two more in Sacramento on Friday and in Portland against the Tanking Blazers on Sunday. Western Conference is crazy right now, everybody. Absolutely 100% bat bleep nuts. We'll talk all about that and more as we dive headlong into the first show of the last week of the regular season in the NBA. But remember, everybody, we don't take a break. We roll right into off-season episodes here on Fantasy NBA Today. That's the name of the show. I am Dan Bashburst. Thanks for anyone that's still listening here. Hello, 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 hello. Anybody out there, there, there? Someone. Someone's out there. I know it. I know you're still... I know there's a couple of you that are tuning in. Please, we got Roto Leagues that go to the end of the year. You have a couple of harebrained head-to-head leagues that go to the end of the season. You just cannot do that. I can already tell you guys that the topic for next Monday, when we do our first lesson learned episode of the offseason, is head-to-head settings choices. Because they have to change now. We have to recreate the fun of head-to-head, and settings changes is... That's going to be one very important way that we do it. But that's next Monday. It's not this Monday. This Monday, today, forget the Andrew Wiggins news for a moment. We've got a weekend recap to do. It's reverse chronological lightning round time. Our very last reverse chronological lightning round edition of this 2022-2023 NBA campaign. And so, with no additional fanfare... Only Andrew Wiggins notes at the front end. We head rolling right on. And, of course, I will, will talk to you all on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Hopefully you guys have already followed over there. Um, Ethos Fantasy BK is for basketball. Ethos Fantasy BB is for baseball. Baseball's rolling now, everybody. You might want to follow them. Those guys are good. Luckily for us... Weekend edition. We can knock out almost every team just yesterday. Toronto beat Charlotte on the road. Svi Mikhailuk is a fantasy silly season champion of this year. I think we all kind of detest the last couple weeks of the year because everything that we had built just falls apart around us. But there is one fun thing that happens at the end of the NBA regular season, and you get to find silly season winners... And Svi is very much one of them. Svi had 26 points, 4 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, 5 3-pointers. Made his free throw. Shot 59% from the field. He's cooking, man. 
Svi is cooking. And he's done it for a few games in a row now. He's played 30 minutes, 37, 33, 37, 34, 33 over his last six ball games. Uh, he has, where are we at with this now? Eight steals over those six games, three blocks. So one and a quarter steals, uh, half a block per ball game. He, over those six ball games, has what? Seven, 15, 20, 25 assists. So he's over four assists per game. He's right near that, a little bit lower than that in rebounds. 7, 9, 11, 16 three-pointers. And he's actually shooting the ball relatively well. Svi Mikhailuk, ladies and gentlemen, your silly season co-champion of 2023. Uh, over that stretch, he's like a top 70 kind of dude over the last week where he's really gone buck wild because the first few games where he was starting, I think there was still like one regular left. P.J. Washington, maybe Gordon Hayward were playing like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Those guys are all out now. So it's just all Svi over the last three games in particular. Three games, he's got five steals, three blocks, 18 assists, nine three-pointers. Yeah, he's a whopper right now. That's a that's a second-round value, Svi Mikhailu. One of your silly season champions. Of course, elsewhere on Charlotte, so not elsewhere. Same place, different uh, idea. This was the Mark Williams and Kai Jones combo. And actually, uh, both of them ended up playing decent minutes in this ballgame. Kind of your interesting twist of the day. Kai Jones got 32 bench minutes. And if we could somehow guarantee that that was going to happen, he'd be worth a play too. Kyle will be behind Nick Richards for the Hornets' next ballgame, which is tomorrow. They're in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. So Nick Richards will definitely be a start in that one thinking more now, again, towards the Roto side, because your head-to-head league should be done by now. Um, obviously, Mark Williams, you just stick him on your bench for a game. Do I play Kai Jones against Oklahoma City? I might actually consider it if you're hunting basically blocks. That's where he's at. OG Ananobi had a what was described as a mild, comma, mild ankle sprain in their win in Charlotte. Apparently, he was uh, not seen with any kind of limp coming into the arena today already for practice so I don't think there's a whole lot of fear with him yet but we'll keep an eye on it Gary Trent was upgraded to questionable so maybe we see him squeeze back in this week and the only way I'm playing Gary Trent and Roto is if one of the Raptors starters is down let's keep chugging Portland attempting actively to lose the rest of their ball games. One on the road in Minnesota. This is an awful loss for the Timberwolves. It feels a little bit like the Lakers. The Lakers-Wolves game was the Wolves' like big punch, and then they were in this big letdown spot. But, oh, man, this is a bad one. Bad for both sides. Blazers moved back to within, I think, a half game Worse on the worst side of the record book of the Pacers. And, I mean, Portland really wants to maintain that fifth worst record right now, so that's a big deal. I think the Magic and the Wizards are only a game up on them as well. This is an awful win for the Blazers. But, hey, look, there's Drew Eubanks, 12-5 and five with five defensive stats. Uh, Trenton Watford came back but hasn't been playing very much. He still had 15 points in 19 minutes, but you do wonder if maybe they're just kind of going easy on him right now, which is a damn shame because he was putting up the biggest... He had the chance to be the fantasy season 
or the silly season winner. Instead, it's most likely going to be Drew Eubanks for a second year in a row. Shaden Sharp has been decent, like crazy out of his mind good when everybody was out. Now you've got like a couple of dudes trickling back in, but none of the big name guys. With Sharp, uh, he's a little bit more counting stat-y than some of his teammates. And, you know, it's, I don't want to take anything away from it. He's been very, very good over the last week or two. But it's more like top 90 for him because the steals, the blocks uh, have not been all the way there. He had one game with two blocks, but mostly he hasn't done much on the steals front. His turnovers have been really, really high. I love the threes, the points, the boards, the assists. Those are great for Sharp. You got three categories where he's kicking butt and taking names. But you've had the field goal percent has been a very high volume and pretty darn low. The turnover's real high. The steal's pretty low. And, I mean, if you wipe out that one better blocks game, then you really have low defensive stats. So he's been very good, but, you know, more like between 60 and 90 range. And until those other things come around, which maybe they will, maybe they won't, because we're talking very limited sample size here. Like, if Sharp goes out and has a 50% shooting week and 83 at the free throw line, then great, he's like a top 30 guy. But if he doesn't, the big swings from volume uh, make it kind of hard to to give an exact projection. But the dude's playing every damn minute in the ballgame right now because the Blazers just don't have other bodies they're willing to throw out there. So you got to play him. That's the end of that discussion. You have to play him. Thibault is the guy if you want steals. I thought we'd get more out of Watford. I'd say watch it because, and I know there's not a whole lot of time left, and Portland only has four games here, but like, what if he plays a bunch of minutes in the next one? Then I'd feel pretty confident roll him out there for the final three or something like that. Kevin Knox got 29 minutes, and you know what? He might be okay this last week, but I don't, I don't really want to deal with it. That's a, uh, a lot of work kind of thing. For Minnesota, it's the usual stuff. Um... You know, Towns had some foul trouble in this ball game, but otherwise, it's all the expected things. Conley, who had a huge game against the Lakers, has indeed tapered off a little bit in most of the games here since Anthony Edwards and Cat came back. Slow-mo has not. He's been great right through it. Terrific. Brooklyn barely hanging on to beat Utah. Mikael Bridges has had a field goal percent mega regression lately, but luckily he's doing a bunch of other stuff. As far as Utah goes, Walker Kessler got hurt in this ballgame. Got dunked in the head, if I recall. Um, So he is questionable for Utah's next one. They have four left. Lakers tomorrow. I mean, we really haven't seen the Jazz without Kessler in a while. If he does miss a ballgame, Kelly Olynyk would slide up and play almost every center minute. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. 
Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Yudoka Azubuki might uh, get a couple of them, but it, it wouldn't be a ton, and he's not really worth a look. Olenek just, I mean, he had 15 rebounds in this one, and that's just picking up some extra center minutes in the second half. So look for Kelly O to do a ton, provided he doesn't rest. Larry Markinen, as I suggested, looks like he might just be going every other day for Utah, which, I mean, that's definitely good enough to hang on to in Roto. Um, I still like Chris Dunn more than THT. I know Taylor Horn Tucker has had a couple of really high-scoring games lately, but he is very points-assists-heavy with typically bad percentages, high turnovers, minimal defensive stats, and just not enough good to outweigh the bad. And again, we're mostly talking Roto now here this last week of the season. Would I play him... Yes, in specific builds right now. So if you're Roto and you're stat hunting scoring and assists and, you know, maybe he can tumble into some steals because he's just going to be out there a lot. But if you're worried about your percentages at all, you kind of have to let somebody else do it. It's a little bit of the same story for Chris Dunn. Ochai Abaji, he's your sort of scoring steals guy when Markinen sits. Chris Dunn points, assists. Uh, typically some steals, better efficiency, but lower counting stats. I think you guys get the picture by now. Chicago. Bulls have been... The Bulls are a really weird team right now. They, I, in my opinion, have a really good shot, actually, of coming out of the Eastern Conference play-in, which they're locked into at the moment. I'm sure they would love to catch the Hawks and get into the upper half of that bracket so they can get a home game mixed in there. But at the same time, because they've been playing good defense lately, I don't know how much they care about the home court stuff. Bulls have just been better. And you guys might kill me for this, but Patrick Beverly kind of changed the way the team plays. Not that he's done it, because Beverly is not the guy he used to be. He's, he's not the lockdown defender. But they've just sort of, almost from a culture standpoint, between Beverly and Caruso in particular, the Bulls have these solid point-of-attack defenders that can slow down opposing guards, uh, and it just makes everything else easier. So it's like, all right, look, we're going to play a half-court game. We're going to count on Damar, Zach, and Vooch. You guys will get us enough in the half-court. And then we're just going to slow everybody down and play ugly basketball. And in this one, offensively, they were very good. They converted in almost all of their half-court sets. And they held the Grizzlies to a buck seven. JJJ had a good game, mostly because the Bulls don't have someone to slow down a dynamite power forward. But, you know, they did a pretty good job on Ja. He had had a triple-double, but took him 16 shots to get to 17 points. He had five turnovers. Dylan Brooks was awful. Bulls are interesting. They're an intriguing reality team, more so than fantasy. Uh, Xavier Tillman got 30 minutes, so I'm not too worried about his his downtick in production in this one. If he's playing 30 minutes, he's a go. Um, as far as the Bulls go, and again, like I mentioned, we're doing more of a roto tack here. So beyond the three main dudes, I don't think there's anybody that I trust on the Bulls side now that we've sort of moved out of the head-to-head realm. A lot of schedule stream type of guys, but, you know, 
Don't worry about that right now. I guess if you think Caruso's going to play, you could play him if you wanted steals. Kobe White, if you desperately needed, like, low teens in points reliably, but, eh. Knicks beat the Wizards. Um, They've been kind of hanging on okay without Julius Randle. They've won four ball games in a row. Schedule has been um, somewhat kind to them. The win over the Heat wasn't bad. Um, but, you know, they beat the Rockets. They beat the... You know, the, the road win over the Cavs was a pretty good win. I'm going to take that away from the Knicks. Sorry, Knicks. You guys are doing fine. Uh, Obi Toppin did play 33 minutes in this one. So the previous one, not a ton. More in this one. Uh, they kind of went a different way in this ball game, and a lot of it had to do with R.J. Barrett being out. So I, I think there's probably going to be a... Um, I told you so moment on the top inside, but you know, I'm like the teacher. I think we all had this teacher. Some of us probably loved this teacher and some of us probably hated this teacher. I'm the one who's not looking at the answer to the math question. I'm your math teacher that looks at you showing your work on how you got there. And so if you were out there ranting and raving about Obi Toppin, you can't really celebrate this. Because the dude played, what, 17 and 19 minutes in the games uh, after Randall went down, but with R.J. Barrett in there? That's the key. And, you know, I'm looking at, like, even the the, the Yahoo blurb, which I think comes, does that come from Roto World? Like, they're talking about how he's going to have this big role the rest of the way. He needed both Randall and Barrett out to get to 33 minutes. Getting the answer right the wrong way does not count as a right answer. If Barrett comes back, we saw the Knicks preferred to go Emmanuel quickly. They went small, filling in for Randall. And Toppin got, what did we just say he got? Like 17 17 minutes and 19 minutes. In the two games without Randall, but with Barrett. That wasn't enough. Bam! He gets the 15-minute bump. Because Barrett went down, and then he became the next man up. So please, I beg of you, anybody who's still listening to this show, look at how we got to this point. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein's been a little bit better lately. But again, Roto, I'm not doing it. I'm not worried about Josh Hart. Um, He was, I think he turned an ankle in this one, so he lost a few minutes. Quinton Grimes is on a crazy heater right now. Play Grimes. uh, Play quickly. Play Mitch Robb. Play Hart. And if Barrett is out on top of Randall, you can play Toppin. I'm totally fine with that. But if Barrett's back, you better watch yourself. On the Washington side, they have gone into, uh, it seems like full plug-pulling mode here. Although I still feel like Kristaps Porzingis wants to play another ball game just to prove to everyone. And also, the NBA, how many games is, is Porzingis at right now? Is he at 65? Yeah, he's at 65. The new NBA uh, collective bargaining agreement Set the all-NBA rosters at a 65-game minimum. So maybe this is what Porzingis wanted. Maybe it wasn't 70 games. Maybe it was 65. Ah, well. So if he's out for the rest of the year, which he might be, uh, the Wizards take on a very weird look. Now, this is a game against a team that wants to play super slow. So we didn't get the best look at Washington here. Uh, But the Wizards are not going to play against teams that are all half-court every game the rest of the way. They've got Milwaukee, who will probably rest some people because they know they can still win. They got a high-scoring game with Atlanta, probably a slightly slower game with Miami, and then a high-scoring game with Houston. 
in one of those, we'll get an idea of who's really going to take all the shots. Because in this one, it was all Corey Kispert. Dude took 19 out of the team's 79 field goal attempts. And I know he only hits three-pointers, literally did nothing else in this ballgame. He had three rebounds on top of all of his three balls and scoring. But if Kispert's going to get close to 20 shots a ballgame, that's enough, even if he doesn't do anything else. And frankly, if he's out there for 34, 35 minutes, and all of the usage guys are gone for the Wizards, he will do something else. DeLon Wright is definitely a start. If Monte Morris comes back, he would be a start. I don't know that, that they'll necessarily bring him back. Denny Avdia finally had some defensive stats to make up for like nine games where he didn't get any, but he also had eight turnovers. Yuck. Daniel Gafford played. He would be a go if he continues to try. Uh, Johnny Davis, 16-6-3. He's a watch list guy for me right now. I'd be more interested in seeing if Jordan Goodwin can get up to 25-26 minutes. We know he has a really good fantasy game. We also know that they're not just going to give him 30 minutes of ball game, but uh, Wizards, I, it's weird for me. I can't really call these guys silly season winners because, like, DeLon Wright was on a lot of teams already, fantasy-wise, and Gafford was on a bunch of teams already. Corey Kispert was probably the only dude that's, and, and I guess Avdia, but he's had some serious efficiency issues since he kind of took over a, a, a prominent ball-handling role. But it really feels like Kispert is the guy that might be taking the biggest leap we have time to figure it out because they play four times this week at least. And if you didn't want to venture down that path without any assurances, then it's fine. I trust you. Hey, to everybody watching live, please do like and subscribe. I know there aren't that many of you left. And those listening on the recorded channels, why not have everybody check out the Fantasy Pass? It's just $5.99 a month. You get in-season baseball premium content now, including uh, a litany of of fantastic features from our baseball guys. They've already given me a bunch of closers to pick up in a league. It's a free league. I don't really know what I'm doing in baseball, but they're going to guide me, damn it. And that's over at sportsethos.com. Click on the premium tab and choose get premium. Another really good reason to get a fantasy pass for the baseball season. If you have the fantasy pass rolling into the basketball season, you don't get locked in for six months. So... This is the time to do it. Also, if you have the Fantasy Pass through the offseason, you get the Brewski 150 list five days before everybody else on the Fantasy Pass gets it. So not only can you save yourself the NBA six-month lock, you also get the baseball premium. You'll get football premium when that comes out, I believe. And B150 five days early. A lot of really good reasons to get the Fantasy Pass now. You also get our Dynasty content for NBA in the offseason. If you're in Dynasty League, you need to get that stuff from Rhett. That's all in the Fantasy Pass over at SportsEthos.com. Orlando beat Detroit. Magic are not tanking. Um, they're playing their guys, which I suppose is cool. Jalen Suggs had a good one, so Cole Anthony. Actually, he was okay in this ballgame. Not great for Cole, but he was fine. Gary Harris was actually the one who took the bigger hit here. Game was over early, uh, so the regulars didn't get many minutes. Paolo Boncaro... 29. Franz Wagner played 31. That was the most on the team. Most of the starters were in the 25-minute range. So that helped Cole Anthony and Suggs have decent games at the same time, but those guys very rarely in competitive games can each play well on the same night. No adjustments. Detroit. Uh... Marvin Bagley hurt his neck. So, you know, same old, same old. Eugene Omarui is the last power forward standing he might actually be playable for the Pistons um, in a Roto League if Bagley sits. 
because there's just nobody else. Killian Hayes was better in this one, but he's a dice roll. Jaden Ivey is a dice roll because of the efficiency stuff. Isaiah Livers is a dice roll because typically all he does is hit some three-pointers and not much else. James Wiseman and Jalen Duran each played 22 minutes in this ballgame, for whatever the hell reason. Uh, I still think Jalen Duran can get it done. You know, 22 minutes is usually enough for him. I know he had seven rebounds here and a steal. I, I Despite being the guy coming off the bench, I would still prefer Duran over Wiseman on the Roto side. Spurs beat the Kings in overtime. Sacramento, you think maybe they kind of stopped paying attention a little bit after they after they clinched. Yeah, maybe just a little. What are the Kings? The Kings clinched on... Uh, well, they had the two games against the Blazers. I actually don't remember which one was the clincher. Anyway, they, they weren't paying attention. They came back home. It was a hangover game. But... I mean, good news if you had any Spurs and you risked it. Good Lord, what an annoying team to have to try to play right now. So here's the thing. Now that we're back into mostly Roto discussion, Trey Jones, you can play him when he's playing. Uh, Zach Collins, you can play him when he's starting. If you see Keldon Johnson, you can play him. If you see Devin Vassell, you can play him too. The rest of these guys are extremely dangerous. Dominic Barlow had a huge game off the bench, but, I mean, mm, Doug McDermott, Dougie Buckets, 30 points off the bench. Julian Champagny, 26. Uh, good luck. Kata Bates job. Sandro Mamukalashvili. I can't. I just can't do it. It's all too much. <laughs> it's all too much. Thank goodness we only have to focus on Roto. Kingside, uh, I think you'll probably see some folks get a day off here and there. Darren Fox, they're playing because um, the Grizzlies keep losing which I think is giving the Kings a reason to keep going here. This is actually a pretty big missed opportunity. If the Kings beat the Spurs, they would have moved to win in one game of the Grizz for that two spot, which is relevant if only because if they get through the first round, then they'd want home court against it would be the Grizzlies, provided those two teams get out of the first round. I will say, though, the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff – bracket is equally intimidating as the top half right now there's just like from a who is anybody really head and shoulders above anybody else it's not clear nuggets are pretty damn good um sons with kd are obviously very scary lakers have been playing their butts off lately even the pels are playing well i don't i don't know that they, they totally terrify anybody in a seven game series i think i'd be more afraid of the wolves getting in Grizzlies are decent. Kings are decent. Clippers are floundering a little bit with no Paul George. Warriors are, who knows? The Warriors are Jekyll and Hyde. Western Conference is weird. Whatever. Dallas lost at Atlanta in overtime. Kyrie had 41, but it wasn't enough. Luka had an off day, so it's, you know, it's one or the other. Christian Wood got enough playing time here. I guess that's a good sign, even with both superstars in, but I still can't trust him with both superstars in. We also got a report this morning that the Mavs are considering shutting down both Luka and Kyrie, even though they're only one game back of the Thunder for the last play-in spot. Although I believe the Thunder, uh, the Thunder hold the tiebreaker with the Mavs, so I guess it's more like two games. Mavs have three games left. Thunder have three games. Yeah, all right, I guess. So, you know, the thinking about thing is like, okay, well, what if Dallas 
Who do they have next? Sacramento on Wednesday. Thunder have the Warriors. They could lose that ball game. They could very easily lose that game in Golden State. So maybe it'll come down to whether or not the Thunder win their game tomorrow. It's only notable on the fantasy side because if they do shut those dudes down and they don't shut down Christian Wood, he'll go crazy. And then we saw Josh Green uh, and Jaden Hardy were the two guys who got big bumps last time the superstars were out. I would, in a roto side, I would think about picking up Josh Green. He's going to have at least one Gigantor game this week, maybe two. And that's playable on the roto side. That'll play. Uh, Clint Capella continues to somehow hold off uh, Onyeka Okongwu, who still has fantasy value anyway. John Collins is a go. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, those guys are goes, and everybody else is a schedule play only, but it's the last week of the season, so who cares? Schedule plays don't matter anymore. Lakers blew out the Rockets, actually took their Rockets game seriously this time around after Houston beat them last time. Alperin Shangun is on a mini bounce back here which thank goodness because he was dangerously close to falling outside the top 100 like real damn close and i believe these two decent ball games yeah they pushed him back up to 89 so he's back inside the top 90 phew that was a tight one he's still not going to come anywhere near his adp on the per game side Kevin Porter Jr. played pretty well. He always seems to play pretty well against the Lakers. Uh, Jabari Smith was fine. Jalen Green didn't shoot so great. Uh, Tari Eason had some trouble, but he did get plenty of minutes. K.J. Martin was okay, and he's been a bit more fringy since the Rockets got healthy. Um, Yeah, I mean, no real changes on the Rockets' side. Roto, you're playing Shangun, you're playing Porter. I don't know that you need to play anybody else on the Roto side, depending on what stats you're hunting. D'Angelo Russell left this ballgame at halftime. He's listed as probable for the Lakers' next one. So it sort of makes you feel like the Lakers felt like they could handle this one without him, and they could, because Anthony Davis is on a furious run right now. He is back to being healthy AD, and uh, I mean, he tweaks something in every damn ballgame, but he's rolling otherwise. This is one of Rui Hachimori's best game as a pro. 20 points, 12 boards, and 3 blocks, and it was legitimate stuff. It was like good defense, good boxing out, good rebounding. He looked, Rui Hachimura looked legitimately good in this ballgame, but he's you can't trust him day to day. Uh, Lakers are AD, LeBron, Reeves, and Russell when he plays. And then remember, with Reeves, the usage, I mean, he keeps catching these breaks where one Laker is out seemingly <laughs> most ball games. Uh, or, you know, like a blowout, he gets to do a little bit extra because they wanted to give LeBron as much rest as possible. LeBron only 29 minutes here. Um, Reeves is still a play, but just know that he's probably going to fall back towards that 100 range. Phoenix over Oklahoma City on the road. Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant. 35-5-5, two blocks on great percentages. I'm just very sad at how many games he missed this year because KD is a top five per game lock and uh, just... The, the ankle tweak actually killed me more than the, the MCL deal. Whatever, Phoenix is very easy right now. They have four high-quality fantasy starters, and that is it. OKC, we just kept waiting all season long to see if anybody besides Shea, sometimes Giddy, and Jalen Williams would find their way to consistent value, and the answer is no, they did not. So... Uh, we're close enough to the end now where I think we can safely say that this is just what it is. Uh, they're in the 10 seed, and they're most likely going to make the play-in, 
given they have that tiebreaker over the Mavs. So expect Shea to play most of these games down the stretch, provided they don't push the Mavs so far off that they can give them a day off. They might. Giddy is just outside the top 100 on the year. That's been startable all season long. Better when Shea sits, obviously. And then, yeah, I mean, we just kept hoping that maybe like Jay Lynn Williams would do it or if Pokashevsky didn't get hurt or something, and it just never materialized. Cleveland over Indiana, you might start to see the Cavs rest someone here down the stretch. They're two and a half back of the Sixers for the three seed. They're three games up on the Knicks for keeping home court in that first round matchup that will almost undoubtedly be with the Knicks. Cavs have three games left, twice in Orlando and the last game in Charlotte. You can bet that the regulars will rest that final game of the year. I think you might even see the regulars rest the previous one which means if he's not on a roster already, and he's actually played pretty well here down the stretch, Karis LeVert has a chance to have a really big week for Cleveland. For Indiana, uh, Isaiah Jackson slowed down a little bit here. He's still going to get you a bunch of defensive stats, and I'll stick with him. Jalen Smith is more points and rebounds. If you can get a couple blocks, that's how he can kind of float his value, but I have trouble trusting him on the Roto side. Uh, They are keeping TJ McConnell... uh, in check, they're keeping Buddy Healed in check. I think I would still start Healed in Roto simply because when he's out on the floor right now and he knows he's only going to play about 23, 24 minutes, he's going to chuck, and you want that. But the fact that he's only going to play that much and McConnell's only going to play 20 minutes means that you can pretty consistently drop in Nemhard, even with some of his stat set issues. He's a play. Matherin's a play because he'll just get enough usage to overwhelm his stat set stuff. Jordan Nawara, almost the same exact story. Aaron Neesmith, probably playable, although leans a little heavily into the three-pointers for my taste. Uh, But basically, you can kind of roto-start the starters for the Pacers right now and healed. And again, maybe not Neesmith. Maybe. But Pacers are an interesting bunch. They've, They've... They've leaned into it here. Too little, too late for a lot of us, but whatever. At least it happened. Milwaukee beat Philly. This game wasn't as close as the final score would indicate. Uh, If you were wondering why Embiid only played 31 minutes, that's why. Uh, Milwaukee was up by a bunch. Philly tried to make a little mini run late in the ballgame, but it was was way too little too late. And uh, Bucks just trounced him. Grayson Allen turned an ankle. Won't change much who you're playing for the Bucks fantasy-wise. Uh, for the four studs. That's who you're rolling with. I know Porras had a better ball game here, but you can't really trust that every single ball game. Um, I don't actually know why Pat Connaughton basically didn't get to play, but whatever. Philly, um, you know, same general idea here. This was a healthy starting lineup for the Sixers, so that meant DeAnthony Melton got aced out. But again, we're, we're looking at the rankings here. Sixers are now three back of the Celtics and two and a half up on the Cavs. We're very close to Philly starting to give their regulars rest days. They've got Boston tomorrow. Depending on how that ball game goes, you might see a different strategy here. But if they lose to Boston, you might see maybe one more game of uh, Philly going full bore. Who the hell do they play on Thursday? Miami? I think they've got Miami on Thursday or something like that. Um, Atlanta, Brooklyn down the stretch. Um... And so Melton's going to get bumped back into some stuff at some point in there. So if you're in Roto, I would hold on to him because you'll have at least one, two, maybe even three big Melton games down the stretch. 
Dante DiVincenzo finally had a good ball game for the Warriors after a bunch of quiet ones, and then we get the news that Andrew Wiggins is coming back, so bleh, move on. Uh, Kevon Looney moved back into the starting lineup. That pushed Jonathan Kaminga back to the bench. This is why you can't really trust those guys day-to-day. On the Denver side, Jeff Green started at center. <laughs> Peyton Watson backed him up. Thomas Bryant didn't play. Uh, Bruce Brown is obviously a go when any starter is out for the Nuggets. KCP got hurt, came back in this ballgame, but that it likely explains why his minutes were a little bit lower here. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., those guys went big, uh, which was cool because I was a little bit worried about their efficiency without Jokic, and um, they were more than good enough here. I wonder, and I'm thinking about the Denver side here, Nuggets have four games left. They're in Houston tomorrow. It Feels like they might give Jokic one more game off. They're three up on the Grizzlies with four games to go. Then the other side of it is, do you just play Jokic in this game against Houston and lock in the number one seed? Just get it done. Maybe. Uh, Phoenix would be an interesting rest spot. They've got a back-to-back to end the year. I think maybe you get two games out of Jokic this final week. Maybe two games out of most of the Denver regulars. So keep a very, very close watch on Bruce Brown. He might actually get some rest days in there also. But at least from a Roto standpoint, he should have a pretty good week. Aaron Gordon, who's been pretty bad since the team's been healthy, could have a nice little bounce back of a week if they're rotating through who's resting when. Um, I don't know that I would go any farther than that, but I guess you could think about it. Meh. Meh. Nah. Screw it. Uh, Clippers, they, uh, the Clippers are doing stupid, stupid things right now. I'm irritated with the Clippers, if it wasn't immediately evident. So, they had a back-to-back. We all know that. Kawhi Leonard played in the first half of the Clippers game in Memphis. He was a plus 12. He didn't play in the second half, and the Clippers lost that ball game. Uh, then he decided he was going to play full minutes in New Orleans, played 41 minutes. He was a plus three in a game the team lost by uh, eight. So, oops, he had to take him out at some point, and then the wheels totally came off. I, I, I just I don't understand what the Clippers are doing at all with Kawhi Leonard. It, like, if you were winning the game against Memphis, maybe, like, let him go. Try to get the win where you can. In my opinion, this felt like the Clippers trying to get cute. See if they could get Leonard into both halves of the back-to-back. Squeeze out a win with him only playing half of one of those games. And it backfired. Because they've now fallen to a tie with the Warriors at 41-38. and 38, And they're a half game up on the Lakers and the Pelicans for the play-in. Suns have moved themselves out in front. Top four are pretty well locked in out west. But boy, the five and six falling back here. That's notable. Especially when you look at the scheduling the rest of the way. Clippers are off for a while here, so at least, you know, the non-Paul Georges will be relatively rested. And then they host the Lakers on Wednesday. That's a huge ball game. Lakers could pass them. Lakers would move, if the Lakers win in Utah tomorrow, they would move into a tie with the Clippers. I think the Warriors play tomorrow. Yeah, they've got OKC, so they could potentially stay ahead. But, you know, fantasy-wide on the Clippers' side, you're still rolling Zubats. Obviously, you're rolling Kawhi. Uh, Norman Powell started, played 32 minutes. He's a go if he's going to start and play 30-plus minutes. Russ is Russ. You know, he's startable in a lot of formats, 
uh, if you're worried about your percentages in Roto, you might shy away from it a little bit. But if you're attacking most of the other stuff, he's playable um, because he is going to score, pass, rebound, get some steals mixed in there. You take the good with the bad when the usage is this high with him, certainly. And then everybody else is, I would say, out for me. Um, Pelicans, it's it's the, the usual fare. Herb Jones bounced back in this one. He had fallen kind of into more of a schedule play type. And I don't know that one better game changes that necessarily. So you're going Trey, B.I., Valanchunas, C.J. McCollum uh, on the Roto side with the Pels. And I think is there one more team we haven't talked about here. Is it the Heat? Right? Miami? Whatever. They're the same main dudes in all their stuff. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Bam sat this one. If he misses another one, do I dare throw Cody Zeller into a lineup? I don't think that I dare. I've liked Cody Zeller's fantasy game for a very long time, but I don't think I dare. It's, it's oh, man. Although, I guess if you're attacking field goal percent, some rebounds and steals, he doesn't block many shots, then, you know, stat hunting 101, that's one way to do it. Tough to trust. I think we got a Bam update while I was talking here. Um, probable for tomorrow. So good. Then we don't have to worry about that. Oh, actually listed as questionable, but hoping to play. So he's like somewhere between questionable and probable. They don't have a name for that folks, but it's a thing. Uh, who the hell am I forgetting? There's gotta be somebody. Oh, Boston, Boston. They were the one team that didn't go over the weekend. Boston is Boston. Uh, they're on a back to back in Philly and home to Toronto, so, I, you know, I honestly don't know how they're going to stagger their guys. Um, I think they'd like to make sure that they beat Philly and lock in the two seed, and that would mean playing Horford and Time Lord tomorrow, and then neither on Wednesday. And then if you're kind of curious of how the last situation like that went, they had it in Milwaukee on the 30th, and then back at home on the 31st of March. That was Thursday, Friday. They played all their guys on Thursday, and they blew out Milwaukee on the road. Time Lord only played 19 minutes. Horford only 23 because the game was over early. And then when Boston had uh, the Utah game, which that was back at home. Yeah, they won that one. Let's pull up that box score real quick here. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White got a big bump. Blake Griffin started, and he was okay. But you didn't. You don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole at the big man spot, even with both of the other big dudes out. And Grant Williams only played 17 minutes in that game on uh, on Friday. Whoo! Okay, that is your 30 team weekend recap. We had a lot to go over there. Um, there are no games tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So we don't have a look ahead, meaning we're done. Easy peasy. Tomorrow we won't have any games to look back at. We'll do a little bit of a season review type of teaser, but tomorrow will be a pretty short show. Um, Tuesday's a Mondo card. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 again. <laughs> Stupid. Whatever. Crazy, crazy Tuesday. It's a crazy Tuesday. Uh, enjoy the college championship game tonight, everybody. Women's championship game was yesterday, and they did not do a very good job of telling us about that. Do better. Here, we're going to put every NBA game on Earth up against it. That's not very cool. I know that there's a lot of overlap. I realize that I'm sort of the anomalous one here in that I don't 
watch college basketball, but I watch the NBA a ton. I know a lot of people like to just watch whatever basketball they can kind of get their hands on, but I don't know. This this 13 2 13-2, 13-0, or whatever's been going on here is a little bit annoying. Um, hey, last thing before I go. Uh, if you guys did finish up and you still happen to be listening to the podcast, let me know how your season went. I'd love to hear from folks that won or uh, maybe got really close to winning or something like that. I'm doing a little bit of that over on social media. It's always fun to see it. Next year, I'll try to do that on like every Monday here during the fantasy playoffs, which I hope will be we'll all end sooner next season. Um, but let me know how your season went. Would love to hear if you guys were able to come through. And then for all of our Roto fans, let's go stat hunting here this final week. ROI. It's all about ROI. Play the guys to get you the stats you need. We'll do some questions over on the YouTube side for everybody listening on the recorded front. Uh, thanks for listening, of course, obviously. I'm Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris, B-A-S. <laughs> I can't spell my own stupid last name. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Sportsethos.com. Go get yourself a fantasy pass here. Hang out with us over the offseason. Uh, and drop a five-star review if you've enjoyed the show all year long. So long for now. See you tomorrow.